0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Ultimately, you am going to keep saying it, get 1% better every day, just get a little bit better every day.
1: Welcome back. To 1% better. This has been a little bit of a layoff, but I have a good reason, I promise. This is Zach Kiefer, joined by the first time today. James Boyd, my new teammate on the Colts. James, welcome to the Indianapolis Colts beat. I know you're shifting gears from the NBA, so it's been a little bit of a transition. But you've been around this team for six or seven days now. You feel like a veteran Colts rider by now?
2: Yeah, I know everything. I can name every player. I can name all ninety good because I can't name all ninety. I don't think. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But it's been cool, you know, settling in, um, getting to know another professional team in town, and obviously you all have been helping me along um, a lot, and it's just been fun to get up to speed.
1: And you are a Illinois native, is that correct? A Chicago Bears fan from 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 your youth, is that correct?
2: Yeah, man. Grew up as a Chicago Bears fan. So obviously the t- 2007 Super Bowl really hurt me. I thought when Devin Hester ran it back it was destiny. Um, but obviously things kind of changed uh, quickly in that game. So um, yeah, I grew up as a Bears fan. Um, still have a bunch of people in my family who are Bears fans. But obviously, as you know, when you get into sports, you kind of leave the fandom behind. And, right. uh, You know, focus on what we do, what we love. And that's storytelling.
1: Yeah. And that's I'll, I'll be honest. This is a great team to do it on. They're they're good guys to work with in the locker room and, and the fan base out there that's listening, they know that as well. And I think there's a lot of there's a lot of hope and I think it's it's founded hope. I think it's I think it's gonna be a fun season and maybe the opposite way of how it went last year, where it just kind of all fell apart at the end. But we don't need to get into that. What we do need <laughs> to get into is the twenty seven to twenty four loss. The Colts suffered in Buffalo today. I will add a quick caveat, then I will throw it to you. It's preseason. It's preseason. It's preseason. Do not overreact, people, to the preseason. We can talk about what we saw, especially with the ones. I think that matters, and I think we learned a couple things. But I saw a lot of people jump into conclusions, and it's, it's August 13th, man, and we have been here before. Let's all act like we've seen a preseason game before. I'm not going to get too high or too low based on one game. But, James, you wrote about what you saw, mm-hmm. and there's some question marks about this team at some critical positions. What did you take from this game in Buffalo this afternoon?
2: Yeah, I think the – I won't say most critical, but one of the critical positions is wide receiver room? You know, what does it look like? Everyone knows that Pittman is the one that's proven and the rest of the gang is like, all right, he's gonna, a guy's going to prove something. And I think just watching the game, um, some of those concerns were were valid. Um, you know, yeah. outside of Pittman, there was not much production, not much separation. Um, I mean, you had one one play where Alec, Alec Pierce, you know, got jammed the line and kind of messed up the timing. And, um, you know, that was a, a breakup on the first uh first drive and it was three and out yeah another one that I think Paris Campbell just dropped um obviously you'd like to see him catch that and and kind of get off to a better start after having so much time off with injuries and things like that so I think that's one area I was like "Hmm, okay like that kind of fits the narrative of what we've kind of seen throughout camp what we've learned throughout camp um but at the same time I also think that you know it's like you said, preseason, it's not a huge deal that these things didn't work out right away just because you are implementing a new coach. I mean, not a new coach, I mean a new quarterback, a new system, and a lot of new guys. So I think that you know, everyone can kind of relax a little bit. and 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 the main thing is that you got out of you know this game healthy as far as most of your main guys.
1: That's what I wanted to add. That's a really good point is like number one, it doesn't matter how bad they look on the field. Are they healthy? And and they had two injuries. Isaiah Rogers is in the concussion protocol and, and Kiki QT has a groin. But let's be honest, like the New York Jets woke up this morning not knowing if their starting quarterback was going to be ready for week one. So major injuries, they avoided those. That's good. But you hit on something that's important and all these questions are coming about the receiver room. I don't think they look great. Like I'm not going to overreact because it's preseason game one, but the starting offense didn't do a whole lot. Two first downs and four series, 60 yards on 20 plays and in the line wasn't great. And they had three penalties. Ryan Kelly was guilty. Braden Smith was guilty. Matt Pryor allowed a sack. Now Matt Pryor was pretty solid and has been pretty solid, but not exactly a light, you know, a, a lightning day for the offense. Um, but I will say this it reminded me of what it looked like last year in week one of the regular season against Seattle. The Colts were trash that day. They kept committing penalties. They kept allowing sacks. They couldn't get the ball completed on third downs. And so I think to to second the point made by Frank Reich on Thursday, this is why they need to play in the preseason. Like Frank had those guys Mm -hmm. out there for four series. I didn't expect to see Matt Ryan like that. And And I know you're new on the beat, but we haven't seen a starting quarterback play in the preseason like this since 2018. Now, I know there was no preseason in 2020 because of COVID and last year was a little bit different. But Frank Reich, I think, made a point today. He wants his guys to play. And and I didn't think Ryan looked that off. I think he was fine. Paris Campbell dropped the ball. Pierce didn't win that press coverage. But um, not a great day for the starting offense. What did you think of Naheem Hines, who got all the carries with Jonathan Taylor out?
2: I thought he was okay, you know. I, I think that you know there was a lot of chatter on social media about him not maybe getting more yards on the interior and things like that. But it's like he's not that type of back, you know what I mean? Like he's not going to step in and be Jonathan Taylor. Like, and
1: I don't know how many holes were really there.
2: Exactly, but I do. You know, one of the things I I, I, don't, I don't think I wrote about this, but I did. You know, notice this is like. He's a good dump down option. Like he can he can he's a player that ah. can, you know, make
1: some some plays in space. This is a big this is a big thing this season. They didn't do that last year. Mm-hmm. And I saw them scheme up r- pass plays for Naheem Hines. And we're going to see that a lot this year cuz he's such a good player in space, but they just got away from it last year. And I think everything changes when Taylor's on the field.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. I mean, you got an All-Pro running back, arguably the best running back in in the league, almost at the NBA <laughs> right there, but yeah, in there the NFL. probably won't be the last <laughs> time. But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, um, I don't think he's obviously going to, like, you know, sure up every single hole, every single problem that you have. Again, you like to see more from wide receivers and things like that, but defense is going to look di- different when John Th- Jonathan Taylor is back there. The offense will look different. The schemes will be different. I mean, even today, like, you're not going to open up your playbook and run All of your stuff, you know, in a preseason game that doesn't matter. So scheme wise, I do think as they get closer to that week one, you know, game, you know, they'll they'll feel better about what they're doing because it'll matter in a sense. Like you don't want to give away everything just because you want to prove that, you know, your wide receivers are further along than they might appear to be and things like that.
1: That's a good point. Like like Frank Reich, and, and I think I've been pretty honest about this in the past, like Frank Reich's really good at scheming guys open. He's really good at getting guys in position to do what they do best. That's what good coaching is. And they didn't scheme it all today. There's no point. They won't scheme next week against the Lions. They won't scheme the Bucs preseason game either. They're saving all their best stuff for September 11th in Houston and moving forward. So they're not getting guys open because they're not trying to do that right now. So that's an important caveat Here's my list of guys I thought were on the good list today who, who flashed in a good way. and we can get into a little bit of these guys because I know one of these guys you're writing about later in the week. One, Isaiah Rodgers, like we've seen this in camp every day. like he's great when the ball's in the air. like he's just got great ball awareness. He had that interception red, um, Keen him the whole way on the interception. Philip Lindsay is my tight is my running back number three right now behind Hines and Taylor. he's been terrific. And then this is guy I want to ask you about, Kylan Granson. You know, he's had an up-and-down career so far. He had some drops in the spring that had a lot of people alarmed. Didn't really do a whole lot last year. But like he says, like, Granson is the move tight end right now. There's a tight end room with all these six five basketball players. And then there's him, who's the guy they want to get into space. And I thought today we really started to see him do that, where he could beat linebackers in space and get some chunk yards. He's the guy that could be really big for this team if he continues to ascend, which he has very slowly the last six or seven days at camp.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you put him in space against a linebacker, he should win that matchup, you know, eight times out of ten, unless you're talking about someone who's really special. And you saw that today. I know he had a, like a 12-yarder from, from Nikki Fold in the second quarter where he just basically just ran across the defense. It's like, you know, catch me if you can. And they couldn't, and he got a nice pickup. Had another nice pickup that was called back for a penalty But um, I do think and and we talked about this when I talked to him about it. He's like, hey, that's my advantage. That's my difference. That's what kind of makes me unique. Again, you know, in this room that Julian Blackman called the Redwoods, you know, with the tight ends who are really big and really tall. So um, I think he took a step in the right direction, Um, probably gained some confidence from it, because like you said, he had the drops early in camp. Um, He actually had a nice catch. You know, this last week, you know, from from Matt Ryan and maybe, you know, he's kind of found his footing a little bit. Um, and he even said it himself. He's like, man, like from last year to this year, just, you know, my mindset, my 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 knowledge of like how to play the tight end position. Because um, you remember, he's a wide receiver, you know, coming up. He was not right. a tight end, you know, all of his life and, 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 and kind of makes sense considering how small he is. But, yeah, he, he said that he's, you know, been trying to make those strides and trying to make sure that you know, he's not the reason that this thing doesn't go well. Like he takes a lot of pride in that. And he's saying like, you know, we've got the pieces, we've got the running back. We should have the quarterback. You know, if my opportunity comes, I want them to say, you know, we have the tight end as well.
1: There's not going to be a better chance for Colin Granson in his career. I mean, let's think about this. They've got a veteran quarterback. They've got a proven number one in Michael Pittman. They've got the best back in the league in Taylor. Granson's going to be option four or five. He's going to get, Mass, Mitch, excuse me. He's going to get matchups that he wants, that the Colts want. Mm-hmm. And Frank's done this before. He brought Eric Ebron in in 2018, and for all that people want to say about Ebron, and he's a better player than Granson is. Ebron had 14 touchdowns. He had 14 touchdowns that year. They know how to use the move tight end in this offense well. Moelli Cox had a fairly quiet camp so far, and Ogletree's really stepped up. But but Granson has started to show us more and more every day, and that's what you want to see. You want to see a player get better from the beginning of camp to the end of camp. And I thought you made a good point that this is confidence, man. When you do it with a jersey on, like that matters. Like a real game. This is preseason, but it's a game for these guys like Granson. And he proved he could do it in the second quarter. Um, The other guy is Jelani Woods. And this is a good confidence day for him too. He's at a very rough camp. I'll just be honest. Like he looks lost at times. He's dropped a lot of balls. They moved him down the depth chart. He's behind Ogletree for sure right now. He had a touchdown today. I thought that matters. Like, I think those little things matter for these young guys who seem to be swimming upstream a little bit, a little bit lost. The playbook's huge. Everybody's really good. I thought it was a good day for Jelani Woods, and and maybe that's what he needs to start building a little bit of confidence as they get towards September.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Just to kind of piggyback on that touchdown catch that he had from, you know, Ellinger, I mean it's the way he caught it too for me, you know, watching it back, you know, he, he high pointed it all hands, nobody in traffic. Um, That's the type of stuff that'll really, again, give you confidence when you've had drops, when you've had plays you should have made. I mean, I was out there only a couple of days and I saw probably two or three drops specifically from him. So um, when that becomes sort of the narrative around you, it can be hard to shake that as a rookie, hard to shake that, you know, as far as your confidence and things like that. So um, I was impressed with that play. And it and honestly, it, it feeds into like the the cliche we hear about like, oh, this guy's basically just like a basketball player, you know, in a uniform, just throw it up to him. And that's basically what it was. Like that's why they you look, drafted him. Yeah, you look at the play. And it's like, love that. Yeah. I mean, any other guy out there who's not as tall or as athletic, I mean, that's an overthrow. That that's possibly a pick, that's just a throwaway. But you know, and and credit to, to Ellinger as well. I mean, he had a, a great day. Um, you know, he he kept the play alive and then just chucked it to a, a point of the, you know, end zone where no one else could get it, but him. And he went up and caught it again with his hands, strong hands. And from what I was listening to on TV, uh, he kept, he kept the football. So he's got his first touchdown of his career. And maybe that can, um, again, just give him that confidence and maybe some calmness too. Cause you know, when you're expected to come in and be, you know, a productive player, you know, in any NFL, that's one thing, but two, you're on a team now that like you've mentioned, um, did not go as planned last year, you retool, you got a player coming in here who's, you know, benched to Bowl, got an MVP, like is, is going to lead this thing. So all you have to do is your role, which sounds simple, but it can be, you know, a lot of pressure because if you're the guy who, you know, if you're the reason it doesn't go well, you're the reason why something doesn't go the way it's supposed to, everyone's going to look at you. So things went his way today. And I think that should kind of lend itself to on this joint practices this week with the Lions.
1: That's going to be huge. It's going to be huge for guys like Jelani Woods, Alec Ogletree, uh, Drew Ogletree, excuse me. Um, The the Lions practices are going to be way more important than the Lions game for a lot Mm -hmm. of these top-end guys, for the number ones and the number twos. The the coaches are going to get more from the practices because they're going to be live a little bit more. And I don't even think the Colts are going to play their starters next Saturday against the Lions. So Wednesday and Thursday, for the fans that are going out to West – uh, Grand Park, Westfield. You're going to see. You're going to see some football. You're going to see some guys at it. You're going to see probably a couple fights. One of them probably will include Michael Pittman. Um We're going to see some good matchups on the defensive and offensive lines. Um The ones on ones, the good on good. The Lions' first team defense and vice versa with the Colts. So that should be fun. But uh, Woods well, is a guy I'm going to be watching this week. Granson's going to got. Can they can they catapult on what they did well today against the Lions and moving forward? Because that's going to be huge for them. We haven't touched on the defense yet. They had five turnovers, which is insane. Yeah, and I think they had four in the first half, which is you know a staple of this team the last four years. They had 33 last year, one behind the the league lead. Um, Although I'm not, I'm not yelling and screaming that the defense had a great day just because I didn't love that first drive. Like the Bills marched right down the field with their backups. And got into the red zone with ease, and that just kind of gave me this unsettled feeling that I, I don't know. I just it's not what I've been seeing in Westfield every day. I feel like the defense has been terrific every single day in Grand Park, especially since they put the pads on. Now they did, you know, they did hold it down in the red zone thanks to Nick Cross, the rookie. But what did you make of the defense? And I know it's preseason. I know they're playing the backups, but you know the the turnovers are great. But that first drive just kind of stuck in the back of my mind.
2: Yeah, I had the same reaction. I was like, "Wait, wait a second! Like, this is going a little too easily."
1: We haven't seen um, that, yeah.
2: Yeah, and there were a couple of just, I think, you get into a live game and sometimes you can kind of just forget, like, just the and in, the instinctive stuff that you should be doing. I think that you get juiced up and you might just end up doing something where you're not necessarily like thinking. Because I, I mean, there were a couple players where they just overran yeah you know uh bad angles yeah and then you know gave up the edge and i'm like this is like textbook stuff that you know (laughs) to do that you've done you know a thousand times over but i think that's why again you want to play these guys you want to get them out there and kind of hopefully get it out of your system now you did mention nick cross and i was impressed with basically how he salvaged that drive i mean he had to stop you know based on the the third down i believe from the six um and on the next play he had a just blanket coverage in the end zone um, to, to, to basically make it a, 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 not not even a play at that point. Um, so I think that he was was someone I'm like, okay, like, you know, he's got to start, got a chance to, you know, uh, make some plays. Again, salvage that drive. And then also, like, and he, isn't he like 20 or something he's like 20 that? 20 like, years old, man. <laughs> that's, that's insane. So that really surprised me. I was like, okay, he's got to start. That's cool. That's one thing. But then to make some plays in your start, um, that would make me feel a little more at ease as a defensive guy. Um, if I'm on that staff, I'm like, OK, like we we kind of faltered to start. But to see a rookie kind of step up and, and and keep him out of the end zone like that with back to back plays like that is promising. But, yeah, I was definitely concerned just because I'm like, this isn't even like really hard scheme stuff. This is just you not being disciplined on defense, losing a guy in space, losing a guy in zone, losing a guy on the edge. It's like, that's the stuff you can't do because, yeah, if, it, if it's Josh Allen in there, that's a touchdown.
1: It felt like the same Colts defense. Like this has been the story the last couple of years. They'll give up yards, they'll give up completions, and then they'll either get bailed out by a red zone stop or by a turnover. And it's a risky way to live. And it, and it holds up if you hold them to field goals. But again, if Josh Allen's in there, that's a touchdown. There's no doubt, right? He finds a way to score a touchdown. Mm -hmm. Um, They love Nick Cross. Like, they love Nick Cross, and it's easy to see why. I was a little surprised he got the start. I thought McLeod would get the start, but maybe they just wanted to see how Cross would do. Now, my gut was that McLeod would be the safety come week one, and Cross would take over the job week six or seven or whatever, but but maybe they just fast-forward it. Maybe this kid's just ready. I mean, he's got these instincts that you mentioned that – Just jump off the tape and you know when they were looking at him in the draft they said okay we're in the third round we think this is going to be a first round pick next year we're just going to trade up and go get him and that's what they did and um maybe his development is just a little bit accelerated I mean this kid is he's flashing camp a lot too and he's wearing that number 20 jersey he's 20 years old and if you pair him with Blackman who's who I think has been terrific in Westfield and had a hand in one of those turnovers Mm-hmm. your safety tandem of the future is 23 years old and 20. Like they could get really good. They could get good fast. We'll see. But in this scheme that, you know, really sets things up for the safeties in the back, that could be fun to watch. So he was on my list. A couple other guys I want to highlight. Um, Cam Klein, the defensive end had some rushes. Like he made himself known. Um, I thought he flashed more than Banigou. Um Odengbo had a great night. Not to be cu- confused with Dayo Odengbo. There's, there's two. It's very confusing out of camp every day, but um, Odengbo had a great night. I thought Dio had some good, good some good snaps too. He had a tip. Um, you're starting to see 54 flash a little bit. He's kind of had a mediocre camp. He's a former second round pick who really didn't have much of a rookie season last year, but um, I think it's going to be interesting when we get closer to cut time about these guys and what they do in these preseason games. But like I said, like what a day for Nick Cross. I mean that that guy's really starting to flash. And then lastly, you know, the one thing I should mention is Jack Verity, who's trying to earn the kicker job, missed a 33-yard extra point. Cannot do that. Cannot do that. That has to be Blankenship's job to lose at this point, barring some kind of collapse. I know the kicker competition isn't the most scintillating headline, but Colts fans know what missing kicks can do to the team. This team has lost some games because of it the last couple of years. Verity missing an extra point in a preseason game is a very ominous sign for him.
2: Yeah, I actually tweeted that out before the game. Um, I don't believe it's even in my recap because I figured we could just, you know, get get something on that earlier in the week. But yeah, that was something where I'm like a cliff note. Like, okay, that's... Yeah, I don't know if the kicker gets
1: over that, right?
2: Yeah, I'm like, that's... And then just knowing that there weren't a lot of opportunities to kick today, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know um hot rod as they say got in there and, and i think he had like what a 24 yard or something like that so it wasn't like you know you got to see very many um legitimate you know kicks so yeah that was something where i was like all right like he's probably feeling pretty bad about that and i mean you have to take note of that i mean you're in your first game setting of the season and and, and you miss something that should be a chip shot so um that's some, definitely something definitely that jumped out to me uh, i need touch on all these players but one player i do want to kind of piggyback on is is Julian Blackman just because of what he's been through to kind of get back to where he is now. Um, again, I'm catching up to everything, but to tear your Achilles and to come back and, and look as explosive as he is and dynamic as he is. And they pretty much like trust him to just,
1: yeah, man, he's like a freak. Like, yeah. He just and like, always rehab so fast.
2: Yeah. And then it's also weird. Like just seeing him move, especially in, in, in a camp in Westfield, like he's it's almost like he's in center field sometimes where it's like, yeah. we're just going to trust you to just cover a lot of ground. And he does it in this freakish athletic way, which, you know, reminds you of why he's an NFL athlete, why he's been given this opportunity. But yeah, he's someone where, again, I think he was always confident because, you know, you saw him make plays before, but just injury wise, when you're coming back from, I believe he's what he had at ACL, then he's had a yeah. Achilles. So like to come back and feel like yourself again make some plays, get in there, mix it up. I know he had the forced fumble that he was um, telling uh, uh, Laura Overton, like, hey, I hope I, I hope I got the credit for that. But he put his right. helmet right on the football and, and got it out. So um, that's a guy who I think just, you know, when he sits down tonight, he's like, all right, my body can still do this. And I'm sure he was confident in that always. But, again, you kind of want to see someone else mix it up and uh, get up afterward.
1: That's a good point, and, and he's in a really good place. Like, it's really obvious talking to Julian that he's just, like, really happy he's behind. I mean, the injury happened in practice. He didn't even hit anybody, mm-hmm. and he ruptures his Achilles, and he was having a great season, too. And, and a couple things on him. He loves that center field spot, that single high safety that Gus Bradley prefers, because he can just do that, just just go chase. He can watch the quarterback, like he mentioned on the broadcast. He mm-hmm. can keep his eyes on the quarterback and then go where the ball goes and use those instincts. Colts fans have seen that from him. I mean, he had like a tipped interception his first game as a starter, like week two of his rookie year. So he's going to be fun. And I think he's been a little bit overshadowed by the two new additions and Gakwe has been great in camp. And I think Gilmore has been the best player on defense every day in camp, which has overshadowed Blackman a little bit. But like Venturi said on the broadcast, like he's not just a guy that'll make the interceptions. Like he will get down on the box and hit as well. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be a fun, fun defender to watch, and I really hope he stays healthy. Cause I think he can do some things for this defense that they just missed at the end of last year. But I think I think you're right. Like the offense was sloppy, and I don't really have a great feeling coming out of here. But the back of my mind is telling me it's just preseason, don't overreact. But I do think it felt a lot like Seattle last year. And I don't even know if you'd watch that game, but like they looked like crap. They looked like they were unprepared. They had false starts. They had turnovers. The quarterback wasn't ready. And now he missed most of the training camp. But Frank Reich made a point. Like he brought them out for four series. And I think his point was we're going to play and we're going to get ready and we're going to get these mistakes out now. Now they need to fix them because it wasn't the most reassuring set of drives for the first-team offense and Matt Ryan. But, um, you know, I think the offensive line has got some tape to watch. I think the quarterbacks and the receivers. But here's my question to you. A lot of debate this offseason about the wide receiver room and if they have enough. Do you think they add another receiver by the time September 11th gets here? Because you can make the case that they don't have enough right now.
2: Hmm. I don't think they're going to go that far just yet um i do think there is some talent there there's limited i mean they're, they're they're let's be real they're not one of the top wide receiver rooms in, you know in the in the league or anything like that but i don't think they're going to move that hastily um again because you're still working in some new things um i get it that matt ryan is ultimate professional he's done it before he just hasn't done it here quite frankly and it's going to take some time to kind of get those things moved along and then also who's out there like i'm sure you've probably gotten a lot of the OBJ, you know, tags on Twitter, but it's like, he's not healthy. So, I mean, yes, that's a, I can't say like it's, it's an impossible thing, but to me, it's not realistic at this point in time, just because who wants to go out and get a player that is not healthy. Um, So I think right right now, yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. And I I get it. Like, you know, that's something you should have to consider if if he, if he gets healthy and where you're at at that point in the season. But I think that right now um, they should just focus on, you know, the Paris Campbells of the World, the Alec Pierce's, and obviously Pittman's gonna be Pittman, um, and kind of go from there. One guy, Ashton Dolan, he uh he's had some moments in camp, at least the Fed last year when I was there, um, you know, see what he can possibly do and if he can, you know, try to slide into that four or five receiver, you know, range. But ultimately I just think that it comes down to can you make a play in a sense. Like, you don't have to be, you know, a dynamic playmaker every single like timeout because that's only a handful of guys in the league. But, you know, there are a couple of plays there. Where I'm like, all right, like Matt Ryan threw it in a place where you just got to make a play. Like even the Paris Campbell like, drop. It wasn't like it hit him like square in his chest a little, a little, yeah. little outside. But it's like, hey, yeah. if you're going to be a guy, you know, considered the number two receiver, you got to catch that. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm thinking.
1: Today was not indicative of what we've seen at camp. Like, I, I do want to throw that out there. And I know that this is more important. This is a game. This is this is what really matters in the evaluation. But, like, we've seen Paris have a really good camp. Alec Pierce has made plays. He's a rookie. He's got to win. And, and I thought Greg Rakestraw made a great point on the broadcast. that That's the biggest transition for these Wookiee wide receivers is getting off press coverage at the line of scrimmage. And he didn't do it, and the defender won the route. Like, that's simple as that. The ball was there. Haven't seen a lot of drops from Paris and Westfield, but we saw one today. No excuse for that. Um, Doolin didn't do a whole lot until later, but Pierce came back with a nice in route later in the game. I think both things can be true. I think the Colts and Ballard and Reich, I think they can believe in these guys taking the next step. I think they really believe these guys can make steps and be good behind Michael Pittman. But I think secondly, they have a list. They have a list that's ready to go of available wide receivers, probably veterans who are available and what it would cost and how soon they could get in town. I think that's just the reality. And I think at the top of that list is a guy who's been here for 10 years and that's T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, I don't think yeah. that's necessarily like on the burner in terms of happening like this week or anything like that. But I think the contact is still there. And I think the interest is still there and, um, We've seen a pretty good camp from those receivers, but today did not necessarily amplify their belief that they have the receiver core they need to go where they want to go in January. And I think that is going to simmer the next couple days because they didn't have a great day. And and we'll see how they look against the Lions and the number one defense that the Lions bring into town. But um, they can't ignore that position. They cannot ignore it. And if the signs are here in August and they don't do something about it, they're going to have nobody to blame but themselves come September, October, or whenever it really bites them in the ass.
2: Yeah, I hundred percent agree in it. I then also with the T. Y. Hilton stuff, and I dealt with this, I think everyone's kinda dealt with this if you're a sports reporter, like the nostalgia yeah. aspect of an athlete. It's like he's not who he once was. Like yeah, he's not twenty he,
1: he's not 2016 TY.
2: Yeah, I'm liking it because he was that he'd be employed, you know, here or somewhere else. But I do think there's, you know, a role for him in the offense and, again, a a respect level just because he's proven that, you know, given the opportunity, he can be productive in pretty much any offense. Like he's not some guy who's just going to come and not be able to make a play. He's just not going to be who he once was, which is okay. They don't need him to be that. Right. You know what I mean? Like, if he were to come in, he would just have to be a guy who could occasionally just take some pressure off and keep the defense honest. I mean, that's in all sports. Um, that's the phrase you always hear is, like, you don't want to get to a point where even today, I think there was, like, a the keynote preseason, so you go for it on fourth down pretty much every time. But it was a fourth and four, I believe, after the Paris drop. And um, Matt sort of forced it to Pittman because, like, yeah, where else are you going to go? Yeah. No one else is open. No one else has created separations. You just throw it to this big guy and hope he makes a play. And I wasn't mad at the play, but it's like, that's a situation where you need to have someone else who can alleviate some pressure and keep the defense honest. Because I believe pretty much everyone, you know, on uh, the bills of defense in that moment knew, okay, he's getting the ball. So let's just make sure that he doesn't catch it.
1: Heard this years ago from an executive quarterbacks, throw the ball to the guys they trust. So I know it's the preseason, but um, that's the truth. That's the truth. We'll see. It's been a pretty good camp for that group, but I'm just not sold all the way. I'm just not, and today certainly did not sell me anymore. Um, But that's it. Anything you wanted to add, James, on your 1% Better debut? We'll get out of here and keep it short. It's just a preseason (laughs) game, but we'll definitely have a lot more. And then tell the listeners what you have come in early next week on one of the players we talked about a little bit tonight.
2: Yeah, so... um that's it for me i'm just excited to be here excited for the opportunity a lot more handsome than Stephen holder um, I, i'm, <laughs> I'm gonna tell Holder you said like that, that. <laughs> but no um obviously it's been you know if anyone read my intro column it's been a whirlwind last year four years for me never expected to be here um at least not this fast so you know just trying to make sure that i earn what i've gotten every single day and then as far as what i'm working on um got a really cool feature coming out about uh Kyler, uh, Kylin Granson. Um, he's got a unique background, which I think you all already know, but without giving too much away, um, that last name of his, uh, is a big part of who he is, um, why he plays the way he is, why he is where he is. So, um, just stay tuned for that. I'm excited for it and and thankful that he was that open to me. I know you all kind of told me like, Hey, you know, first day out the gate or first week out the gate, he's a guy you should talk to and we got to talking and I ended up finding out something that's, I think unique to um, what we want to bring here at the athletic um, something that I don't think you're going to find anywhere else. And uh, so, yeah, I was, I was fortunate to have that kind of fall in my lap and, you know, hopefully throughout the season, I'll bring you other things that, you know, make you want to keep coming back to us.
1: Yeah, that's perfect. Like that's literally what we try to do. Like tell a story that's never been told before. And I didn't know this about Kylin, So that's awesome. And And he's going to be a guy that's going to be, you know, he's going to be a central key to this offense this year. So that'll be fun to learn a little bit more about him. But as you'll learn, James Colts fans, they're good. They're smart. Um, Most of them don't overreact. Um, But I think they appreciate that we keep it real on here. Like we're not going to just cheerlead. We're not going to just sugarcoat it and tell you what the Kool-Aid says. We're going to tell you what we think, what we hear, what we know and what we see. And I think the fans really appreciate that, that we keep it honest. And we don't, um, we don't spin it because like, the games are going to tell the truth anyway, so um, that's the one thing we've always enjoyed with this podcast is the feedback, and then also um, we just try to tell you guys what we see and what we hear that you can't see. Like, what do we see in the locker room? What do we see at practice? And what are we hearing around the city and around the team? Um, but pumped to have pumped to have you on board. It's going to be a fun season. I think you're joining at just the right time because it's been a very hectic 12 months. I will say that. Me and Holder talked a lot about how exhausting this offseason was. So you're catching it right at the sweet spot. But uh, we're pumped to have you, and we're pumped to read the Kyle and Granson story coming up later this week as
2: well. Yeah, let's get to it. I mean, I feel like I've, you know, I've shown the kids I'm a two-sport athlete, obviously, going from basketball to football. Never played football, a lot to learn, a lot of room to grow. But again, just grateful for the opportunity, Um, something I wouldn't take for granted at all. Um, And I'm enjoying it. I mean, you know, it's a little hotter out there at camp. I'm used to being in, you know, nice, cool environments, but uh, I'll get used to it pretty fast.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's no time to waste, really. Um, Awesome. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. This is 1% better. We will be back late next week. It's a really big week for the Colts. The bigger days are going to be Wednesday and Thursday when the Detroit Lions are here. The Colts practice Tuesday, but I expect that to be a real light, quick one. Um, Hard Knocks will be back. The cameras will be back. Dan Campbell and his personality will be here. Aiden Hutchinson, Jared Goff. It's going to be fun because these are some of the best camp practices we'll get all year. Jim Irsay is supposed to be speaking to us at some point. You never know what you're going to hear from the owner. And there are going to be some really good practices. So the Colts are losers today in Buffalo, twenty-seven to twenty-four. The real event next week is going to be training camp at Grand Park Wednesday and Thursday. They will play the Lions on Saturday, but we don't expect the starters to play that one. But anyway, for James Boyd, this is Zach Kiefer. Thanks for listening to One Percent Better.